Welcome to the Man Up God's Way podcast, a show that dives into the real, raw, and relevant issues for men in their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. All right, guys, here we are again on another Man Up God's Way podcast. I'm so thankful that you guys are joining us. This is our first podcast of 2024. We took a few weeks off just to pray and plan and prepare for 2024 to give you the best podcast that we possibly can this upcoming year. 2023 was an amazing year. We had some great guests. We had Willie Robinson. We had Kirk Cameron. We had some amazing, amazing guests. And this week, we're starting the year off. Uh, This year, we're starting the week off uh, with another amazing guest who I'll bring in in just a second. But I just want to update you guys on a few things that are going on at Man Up God's Way. This year, we've got some exciting things coming up. We've got our new Bible series going to be coming out. It's a video Bible series that will be available uh, through our subscription system. Um, Once we launch those, we're starting off with 12 doctrinal truths that you need to know. Um, Then I'll break down my book, Man Up, Becoming a Godly Man in an Ungodly World. We're going to have a 16 week study on that, uh, learning how to have a personal relationship with Jesus, learning to be unified in one flesh with your wife, learning to be the father that you are meant and called to be, uh, and then how you serve in church. Uh, when you have your your household in order, God wants us to get involved in church, and then what you look like at work. Do, do you raise holy hands on Sunday and then raise holy hell on Monday? That's not the kind of man that God wants us to be, and then through uh, accountability and discipleship, and we're going to take that through 16 weeks, and we're going to finish out the year really strong. We've also got a new podcast coming on. It's called Expectation Conversations. It's going to be a podcast on marriage and families, and my wife will be the host, as you, as you and I will be her co-host, so to speak, so we're really excited about that. We've got a new book coming out called Expectation Conversations. Uh, we're going to have some great guests there, and we're really going to dive dive into uh, what a marriage looks like. I've been married for 33 years. I have four beautiful kids. Uh, I've been blessed by God uh, through all of that, and we're going to talk a lot about that and then have guests on that have similar experiences or even different experiences through that. So again, extremely excited about what's going on and looking forward to uh, 2024. So make sure you, if you get an opportunity, make sure you subscribe to our podcast You can go to iTunes, Spotify, or Podomatic. Uh, You can find those also on iHeartRadio and a few other platforms, uh, depending on what's out there. We've got just about all of them covered. You can also go to our YouTube page, our Facebook page. We have uh, uh, 950,000 followers on social media. So uh, find one of of the platforms that you enjoy the most, and we're probably there. So we look forward to to you um, joining us. Also, if you're watching this live right now, would you please uh, share it with all your folks? That way they can see it as well. Um, It takes a lot of people to get the gospel out of there, and we're asking you guys to help us out. Well, without further ado, I'm really excited about tonight. Uh, I've got my special guest tonight. Mike Coy is uh, is on with us. Mike, how you doing, brother? Oh, I'm great, Jody. I really appreciate this opportunity to uh, share the story with you. Yeah, I'm excited for you to be here. I can't wait to to dive into your story. I've been reading up on you. I got a lot of stuff from your publicists, and uh, I'm really excited about uh, about hearing. Uh, what you've gone through, um, what you've done in your life, and, and kind of how you're, um, you know, uh, going on today and, and what's going on um, as you continue just to, to move and groove, as, uh, as I would call it. So, Mike, why don't you start off with your story? Why don't you just tell us, you know, kind of your, your, your upbringing and kind of how you got to where you are today? Yeah, well, my dad was a, a coach, and he was also a layman disciple of Christ minister. And so all I ever knew was the church. I mean, every Wednesday night and Sunday morning and Sunday night, we were, uh, we were at church and, uh, my dad, uh, when I was, I think I was like 14, 15 years old, I was actually leading the choir and, uh, leading the music. And, uh, you know, it was just something that 
you, you you didn't think about it. you just you, you know you just were a part of and and it's something that that you did uh my dad was such a a strong spiritual force in my life and uh and an example of uh to me of what a man uh should be mm. as far as a husband and a father and a teacher and a coach and then as a pastor and growing up i was involved in sports uh i uh uh, I had a very successful high school career, but uh, the money was tight and uh, I needed a full scholarship to be able to play ball in college. And as a punter in football, I only got, uh, I think, I think I got a meal ticket for that. <laughs> and, uh, and then as far as baseball, uh, you know, I think I got books and, and so I had to work and, uh, but I had a, I had a student deferment from Vietnam. My my number was eighty two. They went to eighty. Oh my and, goodness! Uh, I had to take my physical and everything, but I was I was never called. But I was scared to death because I had that student deferment, and uh, I ended up graduating uh, in three and a half years. Wow! <laughs> I mean, I was I, I I never quit going to school. Right. Get <laughs> called up, <laughs> but uh, I was playing baseball, and. Uh, I started playing in this Texas Louisiana Professional League uh, in Beaumont, Texas, uh, right just outside of Houston, right on the Louisiana border where I was born and raised. And uh, in 1977, 1978, I won the batting title. In 78, I was the MVP. And we won the we won the league, and uh, the Mets offered me a minor league contract, but uh, it was four hundred twenty five dollars a month and $6 a day meal money on the road. And wow. I had a pregnant wife at home and I was making about eight, $900 a month selling clothes at Dakota's <laughs> clothing store. And I just, there's no way I could have taken that kind of chance or taken that kind of cut and pay. But I, right. I always did respect that scout and I appreciated very much him seeing some talent in me that I uh, possibly could have taken further. But uh, I decided that I, I didn't want somebody to put a ceiling on my income. And so being a coach, I knew that was going to happen. So I went into the insurance business where I could kind of plan my own hours, make as much money as I could make. But more importantly, uh, I could coach. Right. Uh, I started out coaching Little League Baseball in Amelia, Little League, and then, and then Senior League, and then Big League, and uh, won three – state championships. My, my 1986 team uh, represented the USA South uh, for the big league world series. And we ended up third in the world. Wow. And uh, just kind of put me on the map of, uh, of being around some tremendous athletes. Uh, at the time, uh, the San Diego Padres double A team actually was in Beaumont and uh, I got an uh, invitation to be a minor league hitting instructor and a, a scout for the Padres. So I moved to San Diego for two years and had an absolute blast. Uh, Miss Croc sold the team to a bunch of investors <laughs> in uh, uh, in L.A. And they cut about 75 or 80 jobs, and one of those was mine. Oh, goodness. So uh, after being in San Diego for two years, there was no way I was going to move back to, to Beaumont or Houston. So I moved to Austin. Okay. And at the time that was in the, uh, 1987, 1988, Austin was on the rise. And, uh, and if you know anything about Austin now, it's absolutely exploded. Right. And, uh, was there for over 30 something years. And I had the opportunity to, uh, be the head baseball coach at St. Michael's Catholic Academy for five years. Uh, I coached uh, summer ball, the American Legion ball at uh, Austin Westlake High School, which is the home of Drew Brees and Nick Foles and uh, the current uh, backup quarterback for the Indianapolis coach, Sam Ellinger, who was, who was at University of Texas. And, uh, you know, I just had – I also was the, uh, the head coach – for the uh, Team USA, 16-year-old team that went down under every Christmas. We went to Australia oh, wow. every year, and I won five international 
championships there. Amen. And, you know, I was blessed to coach some of the most unbelievable athletes. Uh, Drew Brees uh, was uh, uh, just one of the, the greatest, not only one of the greatest athletes, but one of the greatest men uh, that I've awesome. ever been around. And uh, when you when you coach that caliber of uh, player, you realize that that the best want to be better. Yeah. And the better want to be the best. Mm. And uh, and I've tried to live my life that way uh, in business and also with uh, sports. I mean, I'm uh, I'm 70 years old and I still play men's senior baseball. I play in a 50 and over league here in Colorado Springs. And uh, I still think I'm 25. And, oh, how uh, awesome. <laughs> you know, just stay active and everything else. But uh, uh, about uh, 12 years ago, uh, I've been with Aflac for over 46 years, almost 50 years. And Aflac gave me an opportunity to uh, go to Georgia and be the director of uh, training and recruiting for the state of Georgia. And it was a tremendous opportunity mm. for me. Uh, I had gone through a very devastating divorce oh, and uh, I just packed up and moved. Actually, I didn't move to Atlanta. I moved to Kennesaw, a little community right side outside of Atlanta. Uh, but uh, I just had this great opportunity laid in my lap uh, and all these expectations and, and, and everything. And uh, I was there about six months and found out that I had a HPV uh, basal tumor at the base of my tongue that was cancer. Wow. And uh, I, I'm now a 10-year survivor, but uh, I've never been sick a day in my life. And I was having this continuous sore throat, and uh, it's kind of like what I write in the, my book, I Chose Live, is that uh, stress is the silent killer, and men don't get checked. <laughs> exactly now, right. You know, I mean, That's we all good. know that women are, are a lot smarter than us anyway, but you know, women are very good about going for an annual physical and having, having a, a checkup and mammogram, pap smear, all that kind of stuff. Well, men don't do that. And right. so I'm, I was the same way. I was having this continuous sore throat. Uh, finally went to the doctor and said, Hey, I've got this sore throat. Uh, she checked me out. She said, Oh, it's probably just a sinus infection. Let me give you some uh, antibiotics. About six weeks later, I went back and I said, hey, I've still got this sore throat. Now, you got to understand, Jody, I've got a tumor the size of your fist at the base of my tongue. Oh, my goodness. And I'm being told that I've got a sinus infection. (laughs) And so uh, she gives me more Uh, uh, antibiotics, which completely destroyed my immune system. Right, right. And July the 4th weekend in 2013, uh, a lymph node popped out on the my neck about the size of a golf ball. And I said, well, that's not good. <laughs> and so I kind of forced my way into the primary and my, my ear, nose, and throat doctor in Austin, and one of my closest friends, I coached his son. I sent him a picture, and he knew immediately what was going on, and he said, look, you got you, you to quit screwing around with the primaries and get to see a specialist. I saw the specialist. They took five needle biopsies out of my neck. Now, if you've never had a needle biopsy, uh, you ought to try that sometime. Yeah, no, I don't plan uh, on it. <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, and, and, and the doctor said, look, it's probably nothing. Don't worry about it. We'll call you in a couple of weeks. Well, the next morning, I get a call, and they said, the doctor wants to see you today at 2 o'clock. So I go in and he walks in and he says the three words that no one ever wants Uh, to hear. And that is you have cancer. Man. And, you know, and I remember him saying, we need to start chemo immediately. Uh, I've got you uh, set up for Sunday to start. You're going to be in, you'll be in the hospital for a week. You're off for two days, for two weeks. You're in for another week. And then you have 12 outpatient and then we'll start radiation immediately. And I remember saying, what, what do you mean? What, what's Sunday? He goes this Sunday. Now this was a Wednesday. Right. And I said, well, what? I can't do that. I mean, I just moved here. I just, uh, I just moved into a condo 
in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I took a district with Aflac in Georgia, right on the border. I said, that just doesn't work for me at all. I said, so what's option B? And he said, you die. I went, well, let's go back to option, let's go to option A. I'll see you Sunday. And, uh, and so I started the chemo, uh, started radiation, and I guess I was about three weeks in. And uh, and if anybody out there, and I know there's a lot of folks that have been affected by cancer or been around someone mm-hmm. that uh, has had cancer, but uh, it wasn't so much a life or death thing for me uh, as much as it was they didn't know if they could save my vocal cords or not remove my tongue. Right. And so as I was going through the treatments, if you go through the chemo, you have good days and then you have some days that aren't so good. Right. And I was about three weeks in, and I, I was in this beautiful condo overlooking the uh, Chattanooga River. And I went outside. It was a beautiful day. And I felt something. I looked down, and there was this clump of hair on my arm. Oh, yeah. And I shook my head, and all of a sudden, I lost. I just vigorously uh, massaged my scalp <laughs> and every hair on my head came out uh, and I said, well, that's not a pretty sight. <laughs> and, uh, but the reality hits you that, you know right. what, you, you, you're in for a fight. Yep. And I remember going in, sitting down in the easy chair and flipping through the channels a little bit. And I think it was TNT or something, but a movie came on called Shawshank Redemption. Now I don't know if you're familiar with that, but oh, it's yeah. a prison movie that, Gosh, it's probably 25 years old now. Yeah, it's a good movie. But, uh, it set Tim Robbins up as a star, and Morgan Freeman was in the movie. But there, there was a scene out in the yard where uh, Tim Robbins had only been there about six weeks, and he had already been uh, beaten up and abused and raped and you, know, you name it. He, he mm-hmm. was talking to Morgan Freeman, the character Red, who had been there for 40 years. And he said, how can you stand it? I mean, this place is a living hell, and you've been here for 40 years. And Morgan Freeman looked at me and he said, well, life is about choices. You either get busy living or you, you get, get busy, busy dying. dying. Yeah, that's good. And when he said that, Jody, no joke, I turned off the TV, got up, went over to my desk, and then I wrote my book, I Chose Live, about my battle with cancer and how I'm winning the war. And the one thing that my kids will tell you that uh, my life changed during that process because my life is definitely defined today as AC and BC, before <laughs> cancer and after okay, cancer. There you go. Yeah. And uh, But, you know, it's like when you go through this journey, you honestly, you do have choices. Right. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I can tell you uh, quite a number of people, that and especially friends of mine that have said, did you ever think about giving up? Did you ever just think about throwing in the towel? Uh, I went from, I was, I, I needed to lose some weight. I was probably up to about 250 pounds. I was down to 160 pounds. I mean, I could barely drink uh, Ensure or chocolate milk. I mean, you know, things were tough. Right. And, uh, but my answer to that question has always been, and it will always be, no, not a chance. Mm. At, during that time, I tell people I had a six-month-old grandson that didn't know me, and I had not walked my daughter down the aisle yet. Mm. Well, now I got three grandsons that probably wish they didn't know me. Okay? <laughs> and I did walk my daughter down the aisle, and she has blessed me with a beautiful baby girl that's four years old now. And, uh, you know, when you have something to live for. When you have something to look forward to, I promise you that I, I laid very heavy on my, my faith, uh, that God has a plan for me. Uh, I need to, you know, my dad, one of my dad's favorite saving sayings was always, God will make sure that every bird has a worm to eat. He's Mm. just not going to drop it in the nest for you. Mm, So you've got to do this on your own. You got to get up, you got to get dressed and you got to get out there. And before my father died, uh, I was in the room. Uh, I was the voice 
of the Westlake Chaparrales for 12 years. I did football, baseball. We did a, we had Shap TV. Uh, I mean, you have to understand about Austin Westlake. That's almost a religion right. down there, especially when it yeah. comes to, to football. Uh, and, you know, I put myself in a position where, uh, again, trying to reach people and, and trying to help people and everything else. But I went and I was leaving my dad's room. He was in assisted care. And, uh, and I said, and, and I said, well, look, daddy, I said, I got to go. I got a game. It was a baseball game. I said, I got to go call a baseball game. And I was walking out and he said, son, make a difference. Mm. And that's the last thing he ever said to me. Wow. Cause a few hours later I was at the ball game. My daughter drove up, came up and said, uh, the assisted living called and Gramps is gone. Mm. And, you know, and I felt like with my dad, I think with him about me making a difference was my coaching, was me working with young people and working with kids. Right. But I think now it's about getting the word out, working with people, especially working with men uh, and getting their, their, their women folk to get them to the doctor, to get them to get checked. When you start talking about cancer, and by the way, I've got, I've got a couple of free gifts, and one of the free gifts that I'd love for the audience to uh, to uh, go go and get is Mike's ten tips on how to prevent cancer. Oh, amen. Well, with with men, uh, prostate cancer and colon cancer are the two main cancers with men. Now, there's no easy cancer, but if you catch those early, you can get through that without right. a whole lot of uh, of, of what I went through or right. what a lot of people go through. And, uh, and so one of my missions right now is to let people know, number one, stress is the silent killer. Mm. And number two, men, please go get checked because we usually, our, our death rate is 58% higher than women. Wow. And the reason is, wow. is that we wait until we're full blown <laughs> stage three, stage four yeah. cancer. Death and on then a, we got six months to live. Yeah, death on a cracker before you uh, end up going to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Well you're yeah. you're con- so, you're convicting me right now because I'm I'm fifty four and I haven't had my prostate exam yet. And it's probably been gosh, I would say probably twenty five years since I've been to the doctor and had a physical. So I'm, yeah, I mean, hey, you you are my perfect audience. <laughs> you're uh, you're you know, convicting me big time. Story. Yeah, I'm playing this men's senior baseball. I was in Austin, and I was on third base. And the third baseman, great guy, his name is Jimmy, just a great guy, good good ball player. Uh, he said, "Hey, Mike, I want you to know I read your book." I said, "Really?" I said, "Well, thank you, Jimmy." He goes, "Well, I decided to go get a colonoscopy." He was fifty four, <laughs> fifty five years old. He said they found five precancerous uh, polyps, and he said, and by doing that, you probably saved my life. Wow! And that's what my that that really is my goal and my mission is to get the word out as far as where you can take this, what you can do, and and it's all about what if. Right. It's all about what if. Right. And uh, so. Uh, I really appreciate uh, this platform that you that you give people and you're giving me tonight to be able to spread this word and uh, get the word out. Well, to be honest, now that you're you're talking about this, this is not something that we've even talked about yet on the podcast. It's just men's health. You know, what's crazy that you know I know this is a God moment because um, back in August, uh, September, God convicted me of of my health. You know, I, I'm. I'm relatively healthy. I mean, I, I don't, I'm like you, I don't get sick. Um, I've got great cholesterol. The only thing I've had done is really blood check, uh, every, every so often. And, uh, I've got great, you know, all my numbers are great. My blood pressure is great. Um, I've only got two cavities. I've only ha- ever had two cavities in my mouth, you know, like I, all these things. I, I don't go to the dentist. I don't go to the doctor. I don't have to, so to speak. But in August, September, I started getting convicted about my health. Um, you know, about the way that I eat. Um, I've got 12 year old twins, you know, so that I adopted, um, when they were 16 months old. So I've got a long, you know, I've got younger kids. I've got two older kids. They're in their twenties. 
but um, I want to be there for them. You know, I want to be there for their 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 kids, my grandkids, and uh, I want to get to that place. And so I have started you know, over the last couple of months. You know, just really putting in a plan, trying to get you know the exercise in and the eating right, and uh, just the the good stuff going. And then um, I've actually I, I canceled a colonoscopy about three weeks ago just because of my schedule and I've got it rescheduled for a month or so out. It's just amazing trying to get into those places nowadays. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate you encouraging men to do that because it's, it's not something that we do talk about. And you're right. Most men just kill over one day. You know, it's either because they do have stage three or stage four cancer, or they just have a, a heart attack and just, you know, pass out on the floor. So, I, I, I love what you're talking about here because it's, it's convicting. And um, I know my wife went through cancer in 2015. She had breast cancer and it was stage two, but it was a, it was a, a very aggressive cancer. So they put her through that red death as well. You know, just that, that chemo that takes you to, to the point of death and brings you back to life, so to speak. And I'll never forget when she, we actually shaved her head before she started losing it. And so we had a big head shaving party and everybody got their head shaved. And uh, I just remember seeing her face and she, at that point, just like what you said, it became real. It became like, okay, there's something going on here. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get serious about this. So um, again, I thank you for your story and I thank you for uh, encouraging those, those men to, uh, to do something different. So that gift is MikeCoySpeaks.com slash gift is that correct correct all right we'll yeah, put get, we'll, we'll post that in the chats as well so uh everybody have you, a, get, you get mike's 10 tips uh to prevent cancer and then i also have uh chapter eight in my book i chose live which is a powerful chapter that i picked out just to let people know a little bit about uh this story and what uh, i feel is so important that's uh, great to, to do so tell me, tell me a little bit about your book. Walk, walk us through yep. the book. Like what, what was the, what was the thought process behind that? I've written four books, so I understand your process, but let the, uh, let the audience know kind of how it started and how it ended up and, um, uh, how it's going today. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I've, I've written, uh, same thing. I've mm-hmm. written four books. I had, uh, but it's mainly been, uh, on the sales side, All on right. the, uh, stop the selling insanity, how to build your business through referral marketing. I happen to be a certified professional behavioral analyst. So oh, awesome. I, I have my own disc program that I work with uh, a lot of uh, salespeople, realtors, bankers. But uh, with I Chose Live, and, and again, you can go to ichoselive.com. Uh, but I Chose Live was about, again, that 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 statement that uh, Morgan Freeman made in the movie Shawshank Redemption, saying you you got a choice: you either get busy living or get busy dying. Well, you know it's uh, as that great American philosopher Rocky Balboa has said: <laughs> uh, it's not how many times you get knocked down; it's it's how you get up. up. You yeah. know how do you respond to life throwing you? Uh, of course, with my baseball analogy, you know, there's going to be curveballs all the time. And uh, you got to stay in there and, uh, you, you know, you got to make an adjustment. You, you know, you've, you've got to uh, uh, make that choice that I am going to say today is the best day of the rest of my life. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I, there's an opportunity here. I'm going to seize this opportunity. And so with the book, I just got up and I started writing about my life and, uh, and I started thinking about uh, how important uh, it was that you, you've got to let the little things go. I mean, again, mm-hmm. when I talk about before cancer and after cancer, I, I will go to the grocery store now and I will get in line and there's going to be somebody in front of me that's got a hundred items. I've, I've got five. Right. And, they're going to go through the whole process and then they're going to pull out the checkbook and write a check. You know, I mean, <laughs> right. today I, I just laugh, right? You know, I get cut off in traffic and I just shake my head. 
That's not how it was <laughs> 10 years right. ago uh, before cancer. And I just feel like that if you're in Austin, Texas, and at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, if you're on Mopac Boulevard, guess what? You're in traffic. You're going to be you're going to be in traffic for an hour, hour and a half. So you might as well turn on the music or do something because you you ain't going to get across there very very fast. And I feel like that has helped me honestly become a uh, I hope a uh, a a better person, a more understanding person, a better husband, and a better father and grandfather. Uh, because there's a lot of things that happen in my life today that I kind of blow off or laugh off that I didn't mm. uh, 10, 15 years ago. And so what I tried to get across in the book is that stress is the silent killer. I want you to, I gave some tips on what you could do on some things. This is some suggestions on how to uh, channel that energy into another way that is much more positive. Uh, second of all, uh, about the men getting checked is that my message when I, I've been very fortunate Jody over the last, uh, probably year, year and a half of going out and speaking to, uh, a, quite a few diverse, uh, audiences either about, uh, I chose live or about, uh, my, my newest book, a random act of kindness. And the, the thing that I'm able to do is uh, try to address uh, things that we run into every day. Right. And if we can get this out in the open and if we can talk about it, then we put ourselves in a position to be more understanding. Uh, one of the things my dad would always talk about is that it would be nice if we could love one another. Mm-hmm. If we can't do that, how about we just like one another? And if that's too much to ask, how about we just respect one another? Mm. And if we can do one of those three things, uh, I think you know, you look at the diversity in the in the country when how divided right. we are on on things. And I feel like that if we could get back to understanding that. Uh, God is is got the path that God has chosen us to uh, be the leaders, uh, either within the church, or without the church. You know, I I enjoy the church uh, by being a volunteer. I'm part of the prison ministry. I have my own band. I have gone to uh, three different prisons and played for the uh, the prisoners. Uh, you know, trying to reach out and then to to sit down with them and to talk about their story, to pray with them, and to try to let them know, you know what? There is a different path. There's a different mm. path out there for all of us. But you know what? Life's a choice. Right. And uh, and I think one of the, I don't know if it's good or bad, but God gave us free will. Yeah. And what we do with that free will is what's going to guide us in our principles and down the path that we want to take. And you know, the biggest thing I, I wrote, I wanted to, to bring out uh, about the book I chose live is that there's no cheating cancer and we all have a choice to make. Mm. And again, that's up to you on which path I, I, I can tell you that I end every message, every talk that I give across the country. I tell people that life is about choices and I hope and pray that each and every one of you will will accept the exact same, will take the same choice that I took. And that is I chose live. Mm. And I feel like that that's the message that I want to get across, not just in the book. Uh, you know, Aflac has the Aflac Children's Cancer Center in Atlanta. And I spent several weeks there uh, doing research, finding out more and more about uh, cancer and uh, coming up with a lot of uh, facts and statistics that I share in the book. And, uh, and again, it's, it's about awareness. And you know, as well as I do, it's about education. Right. You know, it's about getting the message out and letting people know that, uh, again, you have a choice and you can make some choices on where you want to be and how you want to, how you want to do it. You know, when I was growing up, 
I believe uh, my dad never did smoke or drink. Uh, now my mother could out drink just about anybody. Uh, she, she was, she was quite a character. And, uh, but my dad, you know, I, I, I was lucky enough to realize when I was about 14, 15 years old, that I would not be a very good drinker. Uh, <laughs> I was physical. I was, I was a bigger kid. I was strong. Uh, I did fight and I just thought, you know what? I don't think that's a path I want to go down. And so now, even at my age, you know, I just finished working out before I came on your show. It's something that, uh, you know, I, I try to watch what I eat. I do work out. I do snow ski. Uh, I do uh, play that men's senior baseball. Uh, you know, there's a great story about that. Uh, one of the songs that I sing, I had, a, I had a charity concert Thursday night here in the Springs. And one of the songs I sing uh, is Don't Let the Old Man In. Now, that's a Toby Keith ballad that was part of a movie called The Mule with right. Clint Eastwood. Right. And that was a true story. You know, that Korean right. veteran that ended up being one of the biggest drug uh, dealers uh, or drivers for the Mexican cartel. Right. But uh, Toby Keith said he tells the story. He was playing golf in a charity golf classic with in Clint Eastwood was his partner. And they were going down the, the fairway and he asked Clint, well, you got anything going? And Clint said, well, yeah. He said, I'm leaving for Texas tomorrow. I've got a six-month shoot of this movie called The Mule. And Toby Keith said, man, I don't mean to be rude, but how old are you? <laughs> and Clint Eastwood said, well, I'm getting ready to be 89. I think now he's 93. Right. But, you know, he said, I'm getting ready to be 89. And and Toby Keith said, well, how do you do it? And he said, Clint got out, grabbed his uh, club, and as he walked by the cart, he stuck his head in. He said, I just don't let the old man in. And uh, Toby Keith said that had such an impact on him. He went back to the hotel that night and wrote that song. That's great. And uh, so when people ask me, how do you do the things that you do? You still work and you, you, you have all these activities and all the stuff that you're involved with. Uh, I just tell them, I just don't let the old man in. That's good. That's really good. That's a, I, I love the message that you're trying to get out, especially guys that you're speaking to, because I think a lot of guys, you know, maybe even in your situation, you really, not that you weren't living, but you just didn't really live uh, until you were looking at death in the face. And I think a lot of problems with men is that we, you know, we keep putting things out in front of us. So when I get to this point, then I will do whatever. And then I will do this. And then I will. And we just keep putting that, you know, the carrot out before the horse. And we never, ever get to that place of just, truly living and uh i i you know when i i'm a pastor of a church as well and um you know sometimes when i look out at the audience and and i'm just thinking there's so much more to life than everything that you're doing you know there's your family you need to pour into your family there's your your uh your neighbors you need to pour into your neighbors you need to be building in the kingdom you need to be you know, uh, kingdom minded, you need to be folk. Like I just keep thinking, man, there's so much more to this life than just a, a grind of nine to five and hoping you get to your 401k and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So I love the message that you're going out and saying, you know, just start living, you know, start, start now. You don't have to wait till you're dying to start living. Now's the time to start living. Well, I think Steve jobs, you know, the same thing on his deathbed, you know, that I wish, that I would have you know, enjoyed life more, even though he was a, what, a multi-billionaire. Right. You know, right. You're not going to hook up that 401k and all those hours that you're spending at work to that uh, Hearst. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, <laughs> I, you know, I'm in a position that uh, as, as much as I can live life and spread the word and get out there and, uh, and be a part of, I hope something very, very uh, special uh, is what I'm trying to do. And, uh, but I, you know, you, I think that your path is, uh, is such a great one. And that's why I, I feel so blessed to be on your show tonight. Well, it's all God. I'm not that smart. I can tell you that right now. God has just really blessed, uh, blessed me. I mean, I was an atheist at one time. I didn't believe in God. And it wasn't until I had my children, my first two kids that, um, I could tell that they weren't born out of a cesspool of algae. 
and it kind of just changed my life. I thought, man, if there was a creator of them, there's a creator of me and what I'm, I've got to figure out who that is. And, uh, that led me to Jesus. And, um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a crazy ride for the last 20, it was 2003. So 21 years, um, I've been in the faith and, uh, it's all God, it's all God. So we're blessed to have, you know, this platform to be able to share because, you know, we have 965,000 followers on Facebook. Um, and, uh, we want to be able to partner with guys like you, you know, that have a message for our men, uh, and the women that are listening. We've got, you know, almost half of our followers are women, you know, they want to hear what, uh, what it is to, to man up, what a, a godly man looks like. And, you know, even what a healthy man looks like. And so, um, you know, part of our platform this year as well is to kind of push that as well, a kind of a holistic uh, attitude where we're working on the spirit, body, and mind. Um, I think you said it best a while ago when you said stress is the silent killer. And with most men is that we don't, we don't share very often. We don't talk about our issues. And in Christianity, as a pastor, men don't share their, their, their sins. They don't share their fears. They don't share their worries. And so that builds up a stress. And, you know, I've always, I've always said this, you know, men have five major problems. It's sex, wives, money, kids, and work. Um, and then this overarching problem is pride. And, uh, if men were to talk about those things, you know, because the the reason that pride kicks in is because they think they're the only ones going through it. Oh, nobody's going to understand my sex problem or my money problem or my work problem. Or, you know, when sitting right next to him, most likely is a guy who's either gone through it, figured it out, could help you transition, whatever that looks like, uh, and take a lot of load off. That's what men, uh, are meant to be for each other. We're be to be there to be accountable. God made us stronger, physically and mentally for a lot of reasons and um to be able to handle other people's issues is is part of that and i think we just we don't do a really good job with that uh at all and so i like that message that you're sending you know that that stress you see men all the time you know doing the grind of nine to five and even longer than that nowadays um, just trying to, you know, make ends meet and then they get home, they've got a wife that's unhappy and they've got kids screaming and yelling at them. And that just, that stress just builds up. And I know, uh, through getting to know Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit in his word, you can, you can learn to have the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. There's no stress in that. If you think about it, there's no stress in that, that love and joy and peace and patience and kindness like that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we need to lean into that more, more and more Um, as we as we look at our health. You know, the the Paul tells the Corinthians, you know, your your body's a temple and you need to treat it as so not only just spiritually, but physically as well. Um, and we need to do a better job of that. So I really appreciate your message. Um, and, and if you don't mind, how old are you again? You said I'm 70, 70. Okay. That praise God, brother. Uh, I love that you're, you know, and I think a lot of men, you know, in Christianity, there is no retirement, you know, there shouldn't be any retirement. You need to, you need to get out there and, and you need to, and I know that you're raising money for cancer research and you're encouraging these men to get to the hospitals and doctors and physicals and all of that kind of stuff. And that's great stuff. That is great stuff. And our men need to hear more of that. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, the part of, uh, I always give a percentage of the, the, the net proceeds of any of my book sales to the Aflac children's cancer center in Atlanta. I mean, uh, you know, they, they, the, the death rate uh, used to be in the, the 40, 50% range, and now it's like 85% are well and doing better, but there's still that, that, that 10, 12, 15% out there that we've got to, uh, you know, we've got to do something about. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and, but there again is that with men and, and especially in, in our age group and stuff like this, uh, prevention is the key. And, uh, and, and, and I feel like, and you, and you've seen this as much as I have Jody is that again, it comes back down to choices where you, 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 you put yourself, you go into a bottle, you, you, you smoke, you drink, you do things, uh, to try to numb 
some of the realities of life and, 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 and this kind of thing. And it's just not a healthy choice. Right. And so there again, if anything that I can do to uh, help uh, a man, but, you know, again, the women are the driving force on this because they're the ones that have to get their whatever, their their, their husband, their brother, their their father, their, their neighbor uh, to go see a doctor to, to, to do something. And that's why it's that joint effort on, uh, for us to be healthier and, uh, and live a, uh, what I would hope a more godly life than mm. a lot of times we choose not to. Mm, that's good. That's really good. That's a, that's great encouragement too. Cause like with, um, with what you said, a lot of times women, you know, are the catalyst for a lot of men going to church as well, you know, because they want to go to church. They want to be there with their family. They want their man to go, um, but if men understood the power of them actually going to church or them being the leader of their home, being the spiritual leader of their home and making sure that they are staying healthy, that they can protect their family, both financially and physically and spiritually, that they become um, the over uh, the, the, the leader, the spiritual leader, uh, the servant leader in their home. Uh, I tell you what, their wives would. Oh my goodness! Their their houses and the homes would be completely different than what they are today, um, and I think we need to continue to encourage men to do that more and more often for sure. That's that's a that's a really good message. So tell me a little bit about your book, um, a Ra- random act of kindness. Kindness. Um, well, yeah that that book was. <laughs> Uh, when we, my, my wife and I moved to Colorado Springs, my wife has the uh, early onset of MS and the heat was just eating her up in Austin. And she said, you need to find another place. Aflac gave me a great opportunity in Colorado Springs, just a beautiful, beautiful area. And we moved here and about four months in COVID hits. Mm. So sitting around staring at the wall and I, and I started thinking about a short story that I had read God. 20, 25 years ago with uh, the the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Right. And there right. was a story, very, very, a, a true story called A Simple Gesture by John uh, Slatter. And I started thinking about that story, and I decided to take that story and just embellish the heck out of it, right. make it my own. And, uh, but it's about, um, the friendship between the, the ultimate jock and the ultimate nerd and how their lives intertwined and, uh, and how they, they both ended up not only, uh, uh, reaching the heights that they wanted to reach, but to have a friendship that no one ever saw. Uh, when they were, uh, when they when they actually uh, came to to know each other in the seventh grade, wow! And uh, it, it's really uh, about uh, seeing someone that you feel like that you can help. You step in, and that you've never met before, you don't know. And and the and the whole premise behind the book is that you never, ever really know when. Mm. You never, ever really know when something you do, something you say uh, could uh, maybe change somebody's life or in some cases save someone's life. Right. And I think that a lot of times, and, and we talk about this when, when you, you talked earlier, Jody, about family, is that, I I promise everybody out there that it's not so much what you what you say to your kids specifically but how you show them how they mm. see you live your life. Right, exactly. That's going to be the impact. Yep. And uh I, and I think that uh I honestly believe that the total disillusion of of the family structure in our country has hurt us more than anything else. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you might be divorced or something. You can still be a father. Right. You know, I mean, you can still be 
the, the, the person that you need to be in your kids' lives. And this is what uh, I feel like how so many things that we, we do, and, uh, and it can be a random act of kindness. And I think that you can take it a step further about pay it forward. Mm. Um, Amen. You know, that, that if you can do something for somebody, and it can be simple. It doesn't have to be anything that's extravagant or expensive or anything like that. Uh, but if you can pay it forward, the impact that can make on somebody's life that is going through something that you have no idea they're going through, but yet the words that you speak, the way that you treat them. I mean, for me, that's what a man's man is. Right. How does a man treat other people? Right. How does a man give back to their community? How does a man, what kind of husband is he? What kind of father is he? I mean, like I said, I've been so blessed to coach some of the greatest athletes that you can imagine. And a lot of them, you know, their names, but I don't really care about what they've done on the football field or the baseball field, or they want a Super Bowl or anything else. What kind of man are they? And I am most proud of so many of these young men that I had the, 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 the blessing to coach have turned out to be such great community leaders, have been such great husbands and fathers. And that means more to me than any touchdown pass they threw or any home run they ever hit for me. Mm, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's the character in the man. That's what you want to see. You know, you don't care about their accolades. You don't care about their success. You just want to see the character in there. I mean, there's a lot of su- successful people out there, both in the in the financial world, the business world, and even in the sports world that just don't have good character. Even in Christianity, the same thing. Even in the church world, there's still guys that just don't have good character. But um, that's that's exactly what we want to see. Well, brother, that's a, that's a great well, I can't wait to read the book. Um, looking forward to getting my hands on that. Uh, so what do you have coming up uh, in uh, in 2024? What's your, what's your goals? What's your plans? Uh, what is God laying on you right now? Well, I really felt like that I was uh, very blessed to uh, meet, and this was a referral on, uh, you know, command your brand to be able to meet my, my uh, publicist and take that step forward to allow me um, to be, be on a podcast and with someone as special as you to be able to spread the word, get it out there, uh, let people know that, uh, you know, that they, that they have a place they can go to. I mean, they can go to I chose live.com and uh, find out more than they want to know about me, and uh, but also have access. Uh, to I Chose Live and A Random Act of Kindness. But I would really ask them that they can go to, you know, the MikeCoySpeaks.com slash gift, and that's free just to be able to give them kind of a path that they can go down. And so right now I'm doing uh, a a lot of public speaking. Uh, I've got a – I'm going to be the keynote speaker for three Chamber of Commerces uh, here in the uh, Colorado Springs area coming up and the publisher of uh, North magazine said, I want you to tell the story of a random act of kindness. For some reason he got a hold of the book and uh, it had a tremendous impact. Wow. And uh, he said, we're going to have somewhere around 250, 300 people that you have a captive audience of going. But I went to an AFLAC kickoff meeting uh, a few weeks ago in Atlanta and there were 350, 400 agents there. And, and you know, as well as I do, Jody, that whenever you, you, you give a, a talk, you give a message. Uh, and when you have someone or in this case, uh, a handful of people come up and just shake your hand and give you a hug and say, you've changed my life. Right. And that's, you know, that's, I think with my dad, his last words to me was, son, make a difference. And that's that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, and I'm really focused on 2024 to, uh, to make that happen. Amen. Amen. Well, that is awesome. Well, I'll have to check you out. How far are you from Denver? 
Oh, we're just down the road. I okay. mean, just right up I-25. I mean, we're an hour away. I mean, it's it's nice to uh, – the one thing about Denver is that uh, <laughs> you can go to the airport because you got a lot of direct flights out of Denver. Out of Denver. Well, you don't out of California – out of uh, Colorado Springs. Right. But, you know, there's all kinds of uh, uh, concerts and, and comedy clubs and things like this that are part of Denver that Colorado Springs is starting to pick up on. Colorado okay. Springs is still a large military town with the Air Force Academy is here. And, uh, uh, and, and you know, there, there's just a lot of military here. But, uh, yeah, Denver is just right up the road. We go yeah. uh, quite a bit. I'm speaking there at the end of March. So I was trying to figure out maybe we could hook up somehow. Well, I'll, please send me your send me those okay. those dates, and we'll make it happen. Okay, yeah, I'm speaking at a church there uh, for a men's uh, men's retreat uh, at the end of um, end of March. So I'll have to send okay, you some well, information. I'm going to take you to Papa Doe Restaurant. I've already been to Papa. Pa- pa- is it is it the pizza place? No, this no, is okay. the Cajun place. Oh, the Cajun. Okay, Papa D A U X. I mean, okay. Papa Doe. Papa Doe. Okay, uh, All it right. is uh, one of my closest friends in Houston. Started the chain. Papacitas is the Mexican food. Papa Doe is the Cajun food. Oh, okay, I, mean, I will take you to Papa Doe's in Denver, and we'll have a we'll have a great. Trip. Well, I'll take you up on that because uh, I I uh, my sons and I. Uh, for a little while, for I think it was four years in a row, we went and did. Uh, we camped at some top of some fourteeners uh, there in um, in Colorado, and so we went to Mount um, Mount Evans. Is that right? Uh, Mount Evans. Mount Evans. Hope you to Pikes Peak. And Pikes Peak, yeah, I did that. Yeah, and then my son just went to. Uh, he takes photographs, and he just went to the Pikes Peak race. Uh, I've got a real good buddy of mine. Uh, he's actually going to be on the podcast. He's pa- the fastest pastor. He actually raced the the in a car up Pikes Peak. So, but yeah, we yes. went to this place called um, Joe's Pizza or Joe Something's Pizza. I can't remember. It's, I, it's up north of uh, Denver, uh, but they had they sell sold pizza by the pound. It was a three pound or a five pound pizza. <laughs> so after spending a week up in the mountains, you know, eating canned food and dry food, coming down the mountain and eating that is pretty, uh, pretty awesome. But I'll have to give you some information there. Well, I tell you what, tell uh, tell everybody where they can see you. Um, share your website, share your Facebook, or any social media that you're on, and uh, let everybody know. We'll also place this in the comments too, as well, for everybody. I chose live.com. I chose live.com. And that's where you can, uh, you can uh, pick up the book. I chose live and also a random act of kindness. Uh, you can go to Mike slash gift for the two free gifts. And, um, you know, I, I just feel like that, uh, any questions you can reach me, my email, Mike at Mike Dot com. That's all on the I chose live.com website. And, uh, but feel free to, to reach out. Uh, I have, I have mentored many people that have gone through cancer mm. or going through cancer. Uh, I just feel like that that's a shared community that, uh, that you're a part of and you're going to be a part of for the rest of your life. And, uh, I just, you know, again, uh, going into the, the insurance business and everything that I've done, it's all about helping people. Amen. And the more people I can help, then I think that I can live my, my father's last words to me. And that's make a difference. Well, brother, I think you are. And uh, I really appreciate your message and your openness about your story. Um, it's very uh, just exciting to, to see that man, you're you're still kicking, you're still moving and grooving, and that you still care, uh, and you want other people to live as well. So I appreciate that, folks. If you get an opportunity, please see, uh, go to uh, Mike Coy's website uh, at ichoselive.com, and you can see all of his books and uh, his messages, and he is he has some YouTube videos on there as well. So check those out and make sure that you support him as much as possible. Also, make sure you go to the free gift. It is in the links, uh, is in the comments as well. You'll be able to see that, um, and you'll be able to get uh, 10 ways to, to stop cancer. Is that correct? Cancer. Okay. To and prevent I, cancer. I, yeah. I highlighted chapter eight 
in the book. That's awesome. Okay. Well, guys, uh, make sure you get that free gift. Uh, we would love for you to go there. So make sure that you check us out next week, and we will have a, a new guest, and hopefully our host will be back, co-host uh, Ben Neely and Fregosa will be back in the studios, and we will see you guys later. God bless. You've been listening to the Man Up God's Way podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and our website at manupgodsway.org.